0: so i got a couple of
1: breaking news stories we got to hit you with one nancy pelosi has proposed postponing the state of the union address until after the shutdown is over I'm not exactly sure what her angle would be on that. I do think the State of the Union.
2: No, no. Bad idea. It's already a dumb disagreement over a small amount of money for a policy that both parties agree on. Now we're going to start delaying the State of the Union. Do you and... think? How about Christmas? Let's put Christmas off. We, we talked about this yesterday. <laughs> the heck, We talked about this yesterday. Kids, if you celebrate a birthday during January, we're very sorry. Your birthdays are canceled.
1: Do you have the Brexit clip that we, we like so much today? This is what the State of the Union address is going to sound like if you have it in the, the current climate.
0: The eyes to the right, 202. The nose, order. The eyes to the right, 202. The nose to the left, 432
1: so the nose have it oh, didn't we have God. one with more screaming in it on the, the contrary no no no, 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 no. no,
0: no, no.
1: <laughs> yes i think the i
0: think the nose have it
1: is what our State of the Union will sound like, yes. I think, for the first time in America if Fine. we have it in the current climate. Let it ride. That's what I say. <laughs> and you're saying this is an argument against having it? Well, <laughs> i would be entertaining, but do you think it's good? Do you think the country will be in a better place at the end of that night or a worse place? I'm I, saying I a worse say place. I say a better. I, a better place because it's darkest before the dawn. We're we'll tearing down. First, we're tearing
0: down. That's right. <laughs>
2: It's a dark, you got to get to the dark before the dawn. Do you want the dawn? Yes or no? Answer the question. We got to get into the dark. I think, you know, you bought the ticket, you take the ride. Let's see where this ends up and see how America
1: feels about it. Okay, speaking of tear it down, I want to get to that story in a second, but we the other breaking news story is US troops killed in Syria. Car bomb went off. No, we don't know boy. how many. ISIS is claiming responsibility. I don't know if that's an argument for leaving or staying. I mean, when I first heard this, I said I thought, you know, I'm a get out of Syria guy. I was with Trump's original idea and Rand Paul and the former ambassador under Obama to Syria who thinks getting out's a good idea. Um, and a lot of you think it's, we need to stay. But if it if it turns out to be ISIS. You can't make the argument ISIS is defeated, that's why we're leaving, if we just had a bunch of troops killed by ISIS. Well,
2: I don't think it's an argument for either one, honestly. Uh, it's not a shock to, uh, to understand uh, or to hear that what remains of ISIS is capable of pulling off
1: a car bombing. I don't know what we think we're going to accomplish there, but that's a different topic. Um, on the whole Brexit thing, and you said tear it down, I thought this was the best thing I've heard on this, on this subject yet. It deals with Brexit, it deals with Trump. So they had that big vote. God, how long ago was it now? It was pre-our election. It's 2016. The, pre- the Brexit vote was pre-our election. Yeah, yeah, it was quite a while ago. Um, because, is that right? 2016? Because the night of the election when Hillary lost and Trump won, Bill Clinton said in the hotel suite, I guess Brexit is real that there was this, you know, this this throw the bums out mood going across Western civilization. And it's right. happened in France, it's happened in Italy, it's happened in Spain, it happened in England and it happened here. June of twenty sixteen, does that sound about right? Yeah. And uh but so now uh Theresa May yesterday she had she came up with a plan, she was against Brexit. Then she ends up being prime minister and has to implement Brexit. Right. Which is a tough position to be in. It really
2: is. She thinks it's a bad idea. You wouldn't get out of bed with a spring in your step every morning. Now I've got to spend all day doing something I think is stupid. Brexit of course, is... that's what most of us do at work,
1: isn't it? I'm sorry. You <laughs> <laughs> just described every single person driving to work. Um, Brexit is the idea that Great Britain's going to leave the EU. Do your old EU thing. We're going to be our Britain. own deal. Over. Yeah, we've been Britain for a long time. We like it. Um but she came up with a plan that the Conservatives and the Liberals hated. Right. And it got voted down just by unbelievable margins. And and now what's gonna happen? And then you got what's going on in the in the Trump world. It's the idea of, you know, uh, the throw the bums out, let's tear it down, let's nobody's happy with the current thing on both sides, let's, let's try drain something the different. Swamp. Drain the swamp, yeah. Ari Fleischer, former White House press spokesperson for George W. Bush on a roundtable panel yesterday talking about this whole thing you're an outsider, you need to do a better job of figuring out what you're going to do when you have power. If you're anti-establishment and you want to step away from the establishment, you need to figure out when you win, how do you accomplish it? One of the reasons that bureaucracies have gotten so big and governments have gotten so big in every liberal democracy around the world is those politicians are expert in building it one brick at a time and one day at a time. Those who want to take those bricks down have not yet figured out how to do it one day at a time. Yep. They want it all to come down now, and therefore when they get into power, They're not effective. It's a real lesson for anti-establishmentarian people. Think long-term. Have your think tanks realize
0: if you get into power, how do you accomplish it?
2: That's funny. I've been thinking about that very question virtually my entire adult life. If somehow... I or somebody like me were to get power, and, and you know, if it were me specifically, that would be a bizarre turn of events. Uh, the oppo research file on me would be thick. Very, multiple <laughs> volumes, really. Um, but I've been thinking about that very thing. How do you shrink the gargantua that is the federal government, the bloated, wasteful, soon-to-drown-our-children-in-debt federal government, and not provoke the harsh resistance of, for instance, the uh, uh, public employee unions, the federal employee unions, um, the bureaucracy itself. How do you judo it into existence? Um, well, don't, usually, don't go at them. Use their own weight against and, them. And it's
1: usually both sides of the aisle are against you.
2: Right, right, because both sides of the aisle cooperate in growing the government and growing their own wealth and power, yeah.
1: You're trying to turn around an ocean liner. right. And, uh, and But, his but Ari, point, Ari's point is an excellent one. It was built day-by-day, brick-by-brick, over decades. Right. And I, this is why I, I think it's doomed. I don't think he can reform these things. They will eventually collapse of their own weight and start over something else. But b- brick-by-brick, day-by-day, over decades, and then you get two years where you might have some power where you could actually do anything. So if you even tried to do it slowly, okay, so then... Unless there's somebody to follow you or another Congress to follow you right. or another prime minister to follow you that's going to continue at that direction, I just don't see how it's ever going to happen. Unless you can find a way to win a string of elections. Although, you know, as it was made
2: clear to some extent in the midterms, and, you know, certainly people can disagree with this, but people don't vote out of gratitude. The economy could not have been better around the midterm time. Uh, things are going great. Unemployment. Well, you all know what literally, I'm talking about. There's no reason to
1: spell it out. Literally but. many of the major indicators at record highs or lows. Right.
2: And so what did uh, the people do? They true to bums out. Right. So it's tough to get momentum. You know, the other just as an aside, the other problem with a democracy that holds elections every couple of years is our foreign policy veers wildly from side to side. I mean, you're in a region like the Middle East or whatever, and you say, we're with you. We'll stand with you, Kurds, till til, uh, the end of time or the next election, which is in like 14 months. So anyway, we're your good buddies. You can count on us. And the Kurds are thinking, yeah, right. Please. We've seen this before. Anyway, um, so, yeah, but, but I love this point that you must have a plan in mind. Uh, 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 Macron, Brexiteers, Trump fans. How are we going to do this? Um, and and so far, it's been a little rocky. But these, but again, the other side of his point is these things take a lot of time. It's very difficult to do. Uh, there was, I had another point. Oh, oh, I will tell you one more thing. The whole Brexit, Macron, Trump, populism, nationalism phenomenon is a reaction to an experiment that humanity conducted. Um, You know, post-World War II, but mostly in the last 20, 30 years. And that is a new level of connectedness, internationalism, globalism, that we've never seen before. It's never been tried before. Partly because technologically it wasn't possible. You know, during the time of the founding fathers, you'd send a letter to England and say, that's it, we're fighting. Six weeks later, they'd get the letter. Six weeks later, you'd get the reply saying, whoa, 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 can we negotiate? You'd write them a letter, and six weeks later, they'd get your reply saying, "Well, I suppose so." And <laughs> it, was a, it was just a complete, And you couldn't have mass immigration from, say, Africa to Europe; right. it just wasn't physically possible. So, you know, we've got this 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 twenty first century experimentation in globalism and connectedness, and a lot of people are saying. Uh, either, you know, if you're if you're a sophisticated observer of the scene, you're saying, well, yeah, I get that it's uh, like uh, raising overall wealth, but it's being concentrated in the hands of the, the super traders and the money changers and the industrialists and, 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 and our people, our working people are getting hurt in the United States say or Britain or in manufacturing centers. Um, and this is all a reaction to that. It's been tried and the people who are getting squeezed don't like it much. Where it goes from here, I don't know, but it's not surprising that this is going on.
1: No, of course not. New, the New World Order didn't make everybody happy. Um, uh, any details come out on U.S. troops killed in Syria, perhaps by ISIS, we'll bring those to you. That is going to reignite the conversation on whether or not we're leaving and how fast. Right. about. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC, 415-295-KFTC. Two big court cases went the wrong way. We'll talk
2: about that. Also, uh, Steve King in Iowa spouting off, uh, getting stripped of his
1: uh, their duties and the rest of it. He's on his way out. Oh, a rough parenting moment last night. I was just going to throw it out there, see if you've ever had to do this. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong
2: and Getty Show.
1: Cool song, Michael. Eagles music. Glenn Fry of the Eagles, his wife, is suing for a ton of money, like $75 million dollars. Claiming the do- there are medical mistakes that led to Glenn Fry's death and that so she missed out on $75 million of the revenue that he would have made in his ah, remaining never-ending tours, touring. And, yeah, Which he probably would have. Sure. But I just, you know, uh, I don't know how comfortable I am with any time um, a medical professional makes a mistake, they get sued because you can't expect everybody to be perfect. Right. I don't, I don't have any idea if it was like, you know... Uh, just like real negligence or he was drunk when he did the operation or whatever the heck. Or, mm-hmm. or is it just sometimes things go wrong? I don't know. It's a tough one. Well, yeah I I,
2: yeah, I I know nothing about the case, but I know that he passed allegedly from precisely the same thing that took my beloved aunt, which was acute liver failure after many years of taking the most powerful anti-arthritis drugs on the planet. mm So
0: So U.S.
1: troops killed in Syria. Marshall's going to have the latest on that in his news. ISIS claiming responsibility. We don't know how many troops. We don't know if ISIS actually did it, but that is going to uh, have a role in the conversation about us leaving Syria. Pretty much guaranteed. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever had to do this. Uh, I've been Googling around and been on parent boards and stuff like that because our youngest son, who has some sort of uh, organic, they call it, problem with his brain or central nervous system, uh, we're trying to get that fixed. and uh, so Trying like crazy for years. Been trying for years, and yeah. we're seeing at this point maybe the best guy in the entire world on this topic, and he wanted to try this particular drug um, to see if it worked. And, uh, and my son, who's seven now, refuses to take it. He took it for a couple of days. He got to take it for at least five days to figure out if it would work. He took it for a couple of days and then decided he wasn't going to take it anymore. Oh, boy. Part of it is, I, I don't know what it is. He is he's, 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 he's hard to read <laughs> in a lot of different ways. But um, he, he just won't take it anymore. And part of it is, I think, maybe, not maybe, we, we, we built up many times, take this medicine, it's going to make you better. You're going to be able to go to school. You're going to be able to do all these things. And mm-hmm. then he'd take the medicine and it didn't work. And he's been through that. A dozen times. Oh, boy. And now emotionally, he's just like, yeah, right, this is going to make me better. And he's depressed all the time because he he can't go to school. Um, He talks a lot about not having any friends, which he's never had a friend, and um, all this different stuff. He can't put on clothes a lot of days, so he can't go outside the house. It's not a good way to live. Right. But so he's just depressed and doesn't want to take the drug. He has to take the drug or we have no chance of fixing this, obviously. So we tried. We went from pill, which he would not swallow and kept spitting out, to a liquid that was supposedly flavored. I taste a little bit of it, and it was awful. Oh, boy. I tasted it yesterday, and I mean, it's a bad flavor. God awful. Oh. But, you know, regardless, we tried to convince him he wouldn't take it, and we finally decided, look, we're either going to accept that he's, the condition he is for the rest of his life, which is not an option, or we got to get him to take this medicine. Right. So we held him down, got a syringe, jammed it in his mouth, and squirted it in there and held him to where he had to choke it down. Oh, boy. And uh, and what else are you going to do? What are your other options? Sure. What are your other options? That's what they would do at the hospital um, if you have to take medicine. If he was in college, I'd say mix it with wild turkey. It tastes about like wild turkey. It tastes like, tastes like Goldschlager. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> no no disrespect to the great drink that is Goldschlager.
2: Oh, and whatever giant multinational owns them. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, th-
1: but that oh, was an un- unpleasant experience. Boy, obviously. and then you're
2: into all sorts of interesting power dynamics. How does that go days two, three, four, and five? Is well, there at least, surrender? or
1: At least so far it's surrender. So that was the morning dose yesterday okay. when I got home. I want to and be then delicate. last night he said, I'll take it. I'll take it. Just don't hold me down. I'll take it. So he took it last night willingly. I'm hoping that it, it crossed the threshold of... You know, it looks like I'm taking this whether I like it or not. I might as well do it the easy way. Oh, (laughs) boy. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, it was awful. Just awful. And he kept screaming, I'm dying! I'm dying! No, you're not dying. You're not dying. You're not going to die. Um,
2: mm. Wow. Great, Scott. That was uh, that was actually funny. Give me a second.
1: It was like when <laughs> he was screaming that on the airplane. I remember a couple of weeks ago, right. I'm dying. Is there a parachute on this blanking plane? He was screaming. <sighs> I'm so surprised we didn't get kicked off the plane. Wow. Wow.
2: Uh, what day are we at at this point then? In one. The
1: Five days. One day. We've w- done one. Okay. We've done one day.
2: But, so, oh, so di- when did he say, that's it, I'll take it, don't worry about it, just don't hold me down? Last night. So okay. he
1: got his morning dose yesterday, Last held him down. Oh, it, oh it. it's a twice a day? Twice a day. Yeah. Oy vey. But Anyway, but I, I just wondered if anybody else has ever had to do that. Because at some point, you, you got to, you know. Yeah. And it, and it gets to, because we talk about this a lot, the mental illness problem in the country and how you handle that. For whatever reason, people who are mentally ill do not want to take their medicine. It's a thing. Ask anybody who's sure. dealt with a relative with mental illness. For whatever reason, I'm not exactly sure what it is. Sometimes it's the side effects. Sometimes, effect. Sometimes it's the side effect. Sometimes it's the, I don't need this, I'm fine. As a society, are we going to hold them all down and make them take it? What do you do? It's a tough one. What's coming up? In your news, Marshall Phillips.
0: As you've mentioned, we had a suicide attack in Syria, claiming American soldiers' lives. Nancy Pelosi issues a historic appeal to President Trump. Historic. And Americans' time spent in front of screens these days will shock you. Coming Not up. me. Day four of no internet at my house. Awesome. Oh, I've really
1: cut down my screen time. Very
0: <laughs> You're listening
1: to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Talk
0: to China, <laughs>
1: Schlager. it's the 100th anniversary of uh, the law passing for prohibition,
0: Boo! making it
1: illegal to make, manufacture, or drink alcohol in the United States of America, Boo! which ended all manufacturing and drinking of alcohol. If you've seen Boardwalk Empire, you know that's very true. <laughs> yeah. all all right. right. You study
2: any history whatsoever. My hero H.L. Mencken at the time wrote extensively about how the dry senators and Congressmen who were hardcore, yes, with prohibition, would retire to the speakeasies of Washington, D.C. and party nightly. It's just incredible hypocrisy.
0: News now, Marshall Phillips. number of reports this morning saying American service members have been killed in a suicide attack in Syria. Fifteen people killed. Reuters is reporting at least four U.S. soldiers were killed in that attack while they were out on routine patrol. uh, ISIS has now been claiming responsibility for the attack. President Trump monitoring the situation after the reports came out. The White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders said Trump has been fully briefed and is watching the situation develop.
2: I've come over to your side of this, by the way, I think that we do need to get out of Syria. I was very wary of committing the Obama uh, error where we leave a power vacuum and uh, Islamic extremists rush in to fill it as when he abandoned Iraq prematurely, um, in in my opinion. But I heard it said by some uh, very learned observers that we, the United States, have done what we can do in that area uh, to ISIS and to get rid of ISIS. We've got them 97% gone or 95% gone. And now it's up to the locals. I mean, we're just, the way we're built, the fact that we're Westerners, we're not going to be the force that spends years going in and out of villages and rooting out the bad guys. We're not built for that. I thought that was a pretty good argument. Hmm.
0: Democratic House Speaker Nancy Pelosi asking President Trump to reschedule his State of the Union Address. Dumb. In a letter to Trump, Pelosi said the annual speech should be delayed until after the partial government shutdown is resolved. The address is supposed to happen on January 29th. But
1: I just saw a headline where for security reasons? Yep. See, That's the rationale. Okay. Because if the argument argument was going to be, you know, this is going to be a circus, I get that because I think it will be. And the, the State of the Union address does not need to happen at all. It's a ridiculous exercise at this point, And it has been for many years. It's an anachronism It's required by the Constitution yeah, in some form. This is it not It can required. be a letter. What we currently do is not required.
2: It, it could be, dear Congress, the country is A-OK, signed
1: POTUS. Yeah. Could, it, could it be a series of tweets? It certainly could be. Well, and I'm a guy, I, I'm, I'm bothered by all the trappings of royalty. It's got the trappings of royalty. Yes, it, it's got the look of, here comes the king. Ladies and
0: gentlemen, his highness, the king.
2: No, we're supposed to govern ourselves in this country.
1: And the president is just the leader of one of the co-equal branches.
0: Right, so there you go. As you were mentioning, Jack, she has uh, cited security concerns related to the government shutdown as uh, a reason let, for let, her request. Let
2: me parse, if I might. That is suggesting that the Secret Service which is essential personnel, though they're not being paid at this point, lack the professionalism to do their jobs completely because they're not being paid. I think that's insulting to the Secret Service. I also think this whole shutdown is dumb as can be. But to suggest that, well, we can't have the usual security at the State of the Union because, well, those Secret Service guys are so bitter and resentful and probably drunk on the job that uh, there won't so be she's, security.
1: she's merely using this as a... See how damaging the shutdown is, argument? Yeah. Okay, well, then I'm definitely not on board.
0: Yeah, Pelosi is saying that uh, the speech should either be rescheduled or it should be submitted in writing to the various members of Congress. Boy, that's going back to George Washington's day, isn't it? Well, who was the first to to do it live? We hear
2: this every single year, and I promptly forget it. It was 20th century.
1: Yeah, Harding or somebody. Harding or somebody.
0: Harding or somebody, all right. (laughs) Might have been Harding. We'll do it live! That's right. (laughs) Not dead yet. That is a
1: pretty funny answer, now
0: that I think of it. Harding or somebody. (laughs) Not dead yet. It looks like Sears is staying in business. Yes! No, whatever. Sears! Sears! Nobody wants you. (laughs) We're just not that into you. (laughs) We used to
1: have something, and it was beautiful. Uh. This is great. I can still drive by them yes. now.
3: Uh, Lyndon B. Johnson in 1965, the first televised evening State of the Union address.
2: Oh, okay, there's that, and then there's delivered live in front of Congress, which right. is hey, another okay. step. Right. But they didn't
1: even bother to televise it. somebody. Yeah. TV was around for a long time before yeah. 65, right. they didn't think it was a big enough deal to even televise. Right. Back to Sears. Back to
2: Sears.
0: The Freddy Krueger of stores. If people would go back to Sears, they wouldn't be in this trouble. (laughs) Sears Sears Holding Chairman Eddie Lampert has reportedly prevailed in a bankruptcy auction for the department store chain. His proposal will save about 45,000 jobs at Sears and uh, keep a couple hundred, no, about 400 stores open in the U.S.
1: Nobody wants you.
0: I bought a lawnmower at Sears.
2: Ran for 24 years. Oh, yeah. I loved Sears back in the day. Back in the day. Back in the day
0: have a new survey out, my friends. It finds Americans, we Americans, spend nearly half of our days looking at screens, and that time is increasing. Half of the day, half of your
1: waking time is spent
0: staring at a screen. That's interesting. Can't be good for you. survey of a couple thousand adults from the market research company One Poll showed that 42% of the time Americans are awake, they are watching a smartphone, a TV, computer, tablet, or other device. I'm watching it less since AT&T has taken four days to
2: get my Internet service back on. I'm sure they're trying as hard as they can. Atlantic Telegraph and Telephone. Telephone Telegraph.
3: I'm curious what they actually quantify as "quote unquote" screen time because the I, my iPhone has the new thing where every week it says, "Hey, your your screen time was up or down, you know, seven yeah, percent," right. and then it gives me. But if I just have my phone on and charged and plugged in, so the screen doesn't actually go dark, and I'm like listening to a podcast, does that register as me having the Good phone question. as screen time? Good question. If I'm just if I'm listening
0: to a concert, uh, that's a Normal? live
3: YouTube video. Mm-hmm. And I'm not you know how does it distinguish between those things? questions.
0: There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, The Conscience of the Nation. What if I'm sitting in the
2: lotus position with my trickling creek background noise app playing, and I'm meditating on the thought, less screen time, less <laughs> screen time. Is that screen time? I don't know. That's I'll, right up there with the one hand clapping thing. Huh? That's some
0: zen when your tree and some zen with right, everybody. Yeah, right. Yeah, right, right down, yeah. If it's
1: counting streaming music or anything like that, then it's really uh you know, out of whack. <laughs> on the other hand, this is quibbling over a question that is unquestionable. Yeah, we, yeah, we all agree. We're all staring at the dang thing way too much. Oh yeah, no doubt. I did better yesterday. That's all you can hope for on a day by day basis. Good man, one oh, day at a time. Hope I can do better today. Couple of court cases went the wrong
2: way. Badly, in my opinion, really disappointed. We'll hit yeah uh, hit you with those in a moment or two. Yeah,
1: always well, disappointing when that happens. We'll keep you updated on this Syria thing. This could end up being one of those turning points where people say, "All right, enough, one way or the other." Right? You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
2: The conscience of the nation.
0: be uh, a breach of the president's duties to faithfully execute the law. It would be an abuse of power.
2: That's old uh, uh, Bill Barr talking about the uh, Mueller report. He should be allowed to complete his work. He, he sailed through. He performed beautifully, as everybody knew. Boy, he was. was
1: he good. Oh, it was, it was
2: perfect, according to a lot of commentators. And he will not get a single Democrat vote. Yeah, well. Which is just where we are. It's where we are, and where we are is
1: ridiculous. I'm
2: going for order. Oh, order in America,
1: but we have disorder. Yes, I just thought so many of the questions were ridiculous,
2: but yeah, they were. They're an effort to you know uh, get him to say something slightly untoward, and then uh, then run to the Washington Post and screech about it all day long. Didn't work. So a couple of decisions, judicial decisions. Uh came out yesterday, uh, both of which went the wrong way as far as I'm concerned, although I get, I get the one decision. It just makes me very unhappy. Uh, decision number one is a federal judge ruling against the Trump administration's addition of a citizen question on the 2020 census. He said, essentially, you can't ask people in the census, hey, are you a citizen of this country or, or something else? because that would so terrify non-citizens into not answering the census, or even terrify some citizens, to which I'm, I'm like, what? Wait a minute. You're a citizen of the U.S., but you're so afraid of something or other, you're not going to fill out the census. Therefore, your district will be undercounted, and you won't get a congressman, or your state won't get as many congressmen as they think
1: What is the point of a census that doesn't count how many people are here illegally? I mean, that seems like a perfectly good thing to count. Right? It seems like an obvious thing to count.
0: Or, or or, never
2: mind illegally. Who's a citizen? Who's got a green card? Uh, What's the number of people who have uh, visas, work visas, that sort of thing? That's a perfectly legitimate thing to ask. the The judge's ruling, which I read a summary of, was part. Highly technical. The uh, statute before us, the Zabatabadu statute passed 1986, says that there should be a, a testing period of blah and research of blah. Really technical stuff about how stuff gets on the census. All right, fair enough. I so don't know why it has to be that technical, but it is.
1: Census is always in years that end in zero, so We got one coming next year. Is that yep. the deal? Okay. Correct. Um, but the other half of the ruling was the judge uh, doing
2: one of my least favorite things that judges do, acting as a super legislator or super legislature. Judge Jesse Furman of the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of New York, Obama appointee, said this will intimidate and frighten people into not filling out the sentence, census. Uh, census. And I'm thinking, yeah, maybe it will, maybe it won't. But this is a perfect example of if you compromise your principles enough over and over and over again, you will find yourself in a spot where you are doing things you never thought you would do. And we have permitted illegal immigration and covered it up. Both parties are complicit and pretended it isn't happening, and rationalized it, and talked about no human being is illegal. For so long, we're in the bizarro position of the U.S. Census, which is supposed to count how many people are here, what kind of people, you know, how much money they're making, a hundred different things. We can't ask, are you a citizen or, or a legal resident or what? Even if we say, look, nobody's going to collect a census and come and root you out of your house. It's not the census department's job. We're not going to do it. We're making an assumption it of paranoia <laughs> and fear so broad that we're like, oh, I'm sorry we even asked.
1: How did we get in that spot? Why would the census people do it? ICE doesn't do it. Huh. There are departments that are supposed to do it, and they don't do it. So the census people aren't going to do
2: it. So that was a terrible decision. You have the voting rights uh, branch of the ACLU saying this is clear voter suppression. Oh, for God's sake, everything's voter suppression in your eyes. The idea that you'll terrify anybody who has a Z at the end of their name or or wears a mustache into not filling out the census because they're afraid of getting deported, even if they're a citizen. Well, those those people are psychotic. Those people are paranoid schizophrenics, and they need treatment after they answer the census questions. So a ridiculous ruling. The second ruling I get, but I'm mad about it. Just the effect of it. A lot of our troops who fought in Gulf War One, in particular um, and, and fought in the Gulf, Afghanistan, uh, on some of these gigantic uh, army bases and air force bases, they generated so much garbage, the, the army and the, uh, uh, the uh, contractors working for the army said, well, I guess we'll burn it. So they threw the garbage in these gigantic burn pits. Somebody had to tend the burn pits. And a lot of guys lived in barracks that were engulfed in smoke from the burn pits, where they were burning not only usual garbage, but it's the military, folks. Tires, batteries, medical waste,
1: plastics.
2: Burned medical waste. All sorts of stuff. And there are more than 800 veterans in lawsuits and many, many more who are affected, some of whom came home with immediate uh, uh, dangerous, sometimes fatal lung conditions. And they were perfectly healthy before. Cancers, neurological damage, and that sort of thing. It was a terrible idea. I was a little kid when there was some plastic burning or something. And I think it was my mom said, don't breathe in that smoke. Burning plastic is terrible. It releases toxins. This was a long time ago. But these guys who are, you know, you know how the military works. You're ordered. You're going to live here. You're going to do this. You're going to work there. You don't get to say no. We're exposed to all these horrendous chemicals, a la, you know, reminiscent of Agent Orange, Um, Paraquat, some of the other things in, uh, in, in Vietnam. Anyway, the judge at the 4th District in Virginia, the suit was against KBR, which used to be owned by Halliburton, the private company that was the contractor in charge of this. The judge said, look, these contractors were under the command of the military. The military told them what to do, and they were obligated to do it, so if anything, your lawsuit is against the military. So what really bothers me is you've got a a lot of great Americans, loyal service people who served and now they're suffering and now they've got to fight for decades, because this has already been going on for decades, fight for decades perhaps, and, and beg the American people to do what we should clearly do for them, which is take care of their medical problems. And if we cause those medical problems, take care of their kids and their wives. But no, instead we make them fight for decades and decades, even as... The federal government is this gigantic, bloated, money-wasting colossus with buildings full of people. Kevin Williamson just wrote a great piece I ought to read you part of. Buildings full of people doing nothing. Doing nothing. And if they do anything, everybody around them says, quit doing stuff. Or everybody's going to expect all of us to do stuff. And then they look at porn all day long, and, and we have you know these sweetheart bridges to nowhere. We've got redundancies. We've got four different departments doing the same thing when we need one, but we can't get medical care to our veterans. That pisses me off. End of rant.
1: It's the 100-day anniversary of passing prohibition. 100-year, I believe. 100-year, what did I say? 100-days. 100 100 day. yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, if it's the 100-days, I'm, uh, I'm seriously a felon.
1: 100 years ago, today, we passed a law that you couldn't make or uh, consume alcoholic beverages. And somebody who knows more about Nor it than Nor
2: transport it.
1: Somebody that knows more about it than me uh, hit us with this information. By 1830, the average American over 15 years old consumed nearly 7 gallons of pure alcohol a year. Three times as much as we drink today. Alcohol abuse, primarily by there men. no TV. Was wreaking havoc on the lives of many, particularly in an age when women had few legal rights and were utterly dependent on their husbands. Right. Uh, this was the reason for prohibition. That was an extreme measure, and I don't back it up. Alcohol was the opioid crisis of its day. Uh, yeah, there was a tremendous
2: amount of domestic violence, too alcohol-fueled domestic violence, and the women couldn't do anything about it.
1: So was it a big reset? Is that what happened? So we got out of control, we all drank way too much, and then we was against the law, and it slowed it down enough so that when it came back, we haven't gotten back to pre-prohibition levels of drinking?
2: I don't know. That might be one of those correlation, not causation things. I don't know that that's the case. Um, You had the, uh, the great uh, Protestant reawakening in America at the same time. Right. You had the industrial age in full swing. You had, you know, improved communication. You had the women voting, which is why prohibition happened in the first place. But uh, and that caused changes in, in laws about domestic violence and women's rights and the rest of it. So I think you know, a lot of things happening at the same time.
1: Thirteen years we were a dry country. That's crazy to think about. Theoretically, we were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, legally speaking, yeah. Um, and now marijuana is legal, huh? Times change. That's a good
2: point. <laughs> good point. Good point. I'm seeing a lot of giggling, I'm seeing a lot of rolling ice. Oh Order!
0: Oh Order! Order! Order!
3: Is there any sort of uh you know so uh, my mother, uh, a child of the 60s, much a hippie, uh, often talks about, oh, the, the marijuana today is so much more potent than it was right. back in the day. Is there a similar scaling? Of, like if we did alcohol comparisons of the stuff of the pre-prohibition well, era. I,
1: I doubt anybody was drinking 3-2 beer like I grew up on back in the uh, the early days of drinking when people were drinking too much.
2: I know in your colonial times the ales were much weaker. They weren't terribly alcoholic. That's true.
1: That's true on that. So So I wonder if that has to do with the the
3: seven gallons of
1: alcohol. But he was saying, uh,
2: I
3: thought you implied it was pure pure alcohol. That was the amount of alcohol, right? Not the amount of,
2: you know, window dressing around it. Let's face it. (laughs) It's just a little, you know. It's like my kid in the pill. So rookies can
1: choke it down, exactly. It's like my kid in the medicine. You're just putting some flavor around your, your medicine to get you through the day to make it palatable. Then eventually, maybe you grow up and advance to the point you can take the medicine just straight. Sure, <laughs> sure.
2: Or as, as I, I do, relax with a glass or two of the Purple Happy in the evening.
1: The Purple Happy? The Purple Happy. What's that? Mm, wine. Oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking like the Purple Drank. Or... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, this, that's, that's me.
2: I thought you yeah. meant the scissors. That's <laughs> Joe Getty. Flugging <laughs> down Sizzler every night. Right.
0: <laughs> you listening to The Armstrong and Getty Show.